Hey there, my name is Linda Monaghan and it is my mission to help you grow your business, improve your life and find your calm, whatever that may be. Welcome to the Corporate to Calm podcast, where you learn from their experience. Hey there, you are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate to Calm. I am speaking to Katie Lumsden, the self-professed introvert, the noisy introvert. Katie has changed her life completely over the past 12 years. Her journey is so profound. It's all about choice, intentionality and your values. You carve out space and time for you in your days. I really hope you enjoy Katie's journey from corporate to camp. Hi, Katie. How are you? Oh, hi, Linda. Thanks so much for inviting me to talk to you this morning. I'm just... Oh, I'm so grateful for you coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, Tell me a little bit about you. Please introduce yourself. Oh, I will. Yeah, well, Katie Lawson is my name. Um, And when I think of a career path and that kind of thing, I actually... um, there are two books I always think of in relation to my kind of uh, unusual trajectory through, um, well, career possibly is quite, is quite an, an apt word for how I've got to where I've got. There's a lovely book. I don't know if you know it. It's called Dark Horse. It's oh, by no, I don't. Pod Rose and O.G. Ogast. And it's a gorgeous book about it takes people all the way through from, you know, early years education into the careers that they want to be in by saying let's put the old the old pathways in the bin um the expectations the the ladders the hierarchies and actually follow your micro motivations is what they call them they 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 use that term quite a lot in the book and they've loads of case studies of people who kind of became aware of those little micro motivations of that thing that kind of calls you in a certain direction and they they are very strong advocates of um career and even pre-work life um I'm originally from Aberdeen on the east coast of Scotland um my high school years were not far from Glasgow kind of between Glasgow and Stirling but all those years I had a very strong insistence I would call it um about Ireland now I didn't know anybody in Ireland I had no connection here that I know of but from a very very young age I was fascinated by Ireland and all things Irish um and I used to watch the news avidly and you know in that era the kind of early 80s to the 80s like a lot of the news we were seeing out of Ireland was not was not good news um but I was just completely captivated by the place the 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 politics even um and I would be always looking beyond the reporting and you know there's Dublin there's the there's the parliament building in Dublin, all of that kind of stuff. And when I got into my high school years, it suddenly occurred to me, maybe I could study in Dublin. Maybe there's a route in. And that's what I did. I was drawn to graphic design, actually. That that was my my first my first love. And I was lucky enough to get a place, having applied to uh, the National College of Art and Design up in Thomas Street in Dublin. And once I had that in place, there was no question of doing anything else, going anywhere else. So I arrived here um, with my mom. 
we flew over. At that stage, it was cheaper actually to fly to New York from Glasgow than it was to get to Dublin. Uh, my mom had never been here either, so went and registered NCAD, spent the afternoon here, um, went down to Basaris, put her back on a bus to the airport. And there I was in Dublin um, going, OK, I know I have digs in a place called Rathgar, but where is it? <laughs> do I get there? So that's that's sort of got me. That's what got me here from Scotland. And that was 1991. And I've been here pretty much ever since I graduated uh, in visual communications from NCAD. And that, in a way, began my pathway into the current role I have, um, which is acting head of human resources with the National Library of Ireland and you know there's a big kind of piece to connect up in the middle of that but I was introduced to the National Library of Ireland straight out of my visual communications degree so I had a a leaning for calligraphy so while everybody else was getting to grips with the 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 Mac the early days of of Mac design and all of that I was much happier with a uh, you know, an old fashioned nib pen and my my degree show actually was sort of co combining those. I developed a, a calligraphic typeface, which ultimately would have been for use on those kind of early um, Mac kind of programs, font yeah. generation, that kind of stuff. Um, and unknown to me, just as I was graduating, was a, a rather esoteric corner of the National Library, the Office of the Chief Herald of Ireland, which grants coats of arms on behalf of the state um, to individuals and to, you know, corporate entities, county councils, all that kind of thing. And they were looking for an heraldic artist. Um, now, I didn't know what that was, but I had a call from my year tutor just before I finished up and she said, the office of the chief herald were in touch with me. She said, they'd like to interview you. And I what, what, what now? Where, where, where are they? Who are they? I was fascinated because I had a conversation with my dad not long before that, where he was kind of saying, so, you know, what, what, what would you like to do? What are you going to do? And I had said, well, you know, I'd love, I'd really love to make a career of calligraphy. And he kind of said, well, that's that's fabulous, but you never make any money at it. And suddenly, out of the blue, came this call um, from an organisation that was actually looking for a calligrapher. I just, it was one of those freakish moments in life where the stars align, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I went in there as a contractor, actually, um, doing fabulous documents on vellum, painting, you know, hand painting, gilding coats of arms, doing text in calligraphy, illuminated letters. It was just a dream come true. Like I could not believe, I used to walk in on there on air, just couldn't, couldn't believe somebody had smiled on me. And, and I started to think about that people piece and it led me I got this little little buzzy bee in my bonnet about human resources management and thinking well that sounds to me fascinating 
all that comes with that, you know, the the very transactional, operational stuff, but also the pastoral piece that comes with yeah. it. The way my life is configured, how how would how would I ever make that leap? You know, the, the prospect of going back to study, um, and the cost of that. I sort of kept it on the back burner, but it, it kept drawing me forward. It didn't go away. And after a long time, um, kind of sitting with that, I had a conversation one day with our then head of human resources about something completely different. And again, in a way, it wasn't like me. I'm not a, I'm not a goal setter particularly. I have never been known as a, you know, a great forward planner in terms of, you know, here are my objectives for the year and here's my five-year plan. But when I'm pulling at one of those threads, somehow you know, I realize I've done something that I didn't know I was going to do. But in the course of that conversation, um, she had said to me, um, you know, you you could actually work. You could work anywhere. You could work in any area here. You know, you've a really super skill set, which was, you know, very nice of her to say. And I said, look, in all honesty, the only area I'd love to work in is yours. Besides the one I'm in. And she said, "Okay, leave that with me. And I nearly fell off my chair at that point and three months later um you know and I'm endlessly grateful to my organization the National Library for having supported that pivot um I was in a human resources role and um that was um nearly eight years ago now and it's been the oh the most amazing exhilarating learning curve um and Just so, fantastic, fantastic opportunity. Completely taken a huge leap out of your comfort zone. You've gone back to college. Then, not content with that, you decide, well, I'm going to create a leadership program for students. Where, where did you see a gap? Like what, you know, first of all, tell us about No Bounds Leadership, but how do you sit there and kind of go, Hmm, there's definitely a gap in the market for that. Oh, again, like that was one of those, I suppose, pulling that that thread, those following those micro motivations and just sort of paying attention to things. Um, I was very fortunate, again, after a number of years in my human resources role, I was supported by my organisation to do a professional diploma with IMI. And it was in organizational behavior. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I knew I was going to enjoy the challenge of the learning. But what I didn't realize was that course in particular um, is hugely self-reflective. And it covers, oh, just, uh, you know, a whole range of really, really interesting topics about I suppose in a way about how individual behaviors impact on a larger scale at an organizational level. So it's looking at things like the psychology of negotiation, for example. Um, it looks at, you know, all the mechanics of really every kind of interaction that you could have. And I was fascinated by it, but what I really loved was when I used to come home and talk about it, my daughter, who was eight at the time, I could see her eyes kind of lighting up and actually she wanted to come to the classes with me. She'd have been in there doing the diploma if, you know, if we could have, if we could have got her there. 
and I had a, I remember having a conversation with our course director, um, Andrew McLaughlin, one day and saying to him that a lot of the, the content that we were covering, I said, I wish I, I had done this earlier, mm. you know, in, in my life, because it was so self-reflective. It was really giving me, you know, a very good understanding of my own behaviours and how my interactions with other people are, um, you know, affecting, you know, beyond just that that straightforward transaction between me and A and other. The kind of the grounding that it was giving me and that was the beginning of a, a little seed that began to, to burst into life. And then I was very lucky at the end of that year. Now we went, um, that was running from 2019 into 2020. So it, it hit COVID. Um, our, and we were lucky, like most of our course of that diploma was in person, but we had the last module um, was was an online one. And then, you know, everybody was in first COVID lockdown phase. But over the course of that kind of initial lockdown phase there was one of my colleagues from the course who knew I was interested in this kind of you know perhaps developing something that would come to a perhaps a school age level um, around leadership development and we kind of threw some ideas around we had worked on some web content and in the end um, he kind of set that to one side to focus on the main thrust of his business um but it stayed with me and actually it was again one of those amazing opportunities that you go well yes the stars have aligned again um that same person came back to me in the autumn of 2020 to say he'd been asked to run a leadership program in a, a secondary school um, and it was a boarding school so um covid wise because they were in a bubble, we were actually able to go there, but he asked if I would co-facilitate it with him. Um, and I'd never done anything like it before in my life, but I absolutely loved it. I'm so grateful to him for that break because it just, um, it lit me up from within. You know, I just, once I was in it, I loved it. And I could see it didn't, you know, not everything resonates with everybody. And at that age group, we were working with sort of 13, 14, 15 year olds. Um, and, you know, we had to adjust some of the, the concepts. But in the main, it was a lot of the stuff that we'd been learning with, hmm. um, you know, in a very grown up context. And from there, um, I thought... I really, really want to try this. I want to pilot programs at primary and secondary level. And it's really all around challenging, I suppose, challenging the, the perception of what leadership is. And I think the earlier you can do that, the better. And if you can align that with um, having young people develop an understanding of their own values their own I call them their non-negotiables um you know the things that are really important to me 
that I feel I can't, I, I don't want to let go of them. And then relating that to the kind of environment I'm in. And is there a big difference delivering that type of material to teenagers versus adults? Actually, well, in terms of the content, not. I mean, I would I would look at the same. I mean, I've, my pilot program that I started with was actually a mixed group of nine to 12 year olds. Um, you know, the concepts and the content were the same as I would be if I was facilitating a group of of adults. But what is really joyous about working with children and young people is, and particularly that first group of nine to twelves, there's not such a filter and there's not such a kind of comparative thing going on and there's not such a, oh, I, I couldn't say that because it would sound silly. You know, a single workshop sometimes has changed their thinking around what leadership is and how it shows up. Did you use any sources of help when you started No Bounds or did you just I just went in there um yeah I and this, this links back to something that I did in that first IMI diploma um there's a it's not a psychometric it's an instrument called Fire B and it comes back with quite a small number of reporting figures but what really hit home for me when I did that was the extent to which as a nearly off the chart Myers-Briggs introvert I don't ask for help I don't ask for anything that's been my pattern in life you know partly out of I suppose introversion but partly because I also love to solve problems so if there's something that I don't know how to do it's a joy to go right there must be a way to learn how to do that and I'll figure it out so, for example, things like, you know, I have a, a website, nonobounds.com, or com, which I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. And I built it myself, uh, which I loved. But actually, the more I get into it, the more I realize that there are, A, there are people who are enormously qualified to do lots of things that I don't know about. And um, would be also what I've come to in the last two or three years, particularly, is just that joy of connecting with people. And so both of those things, A, for the expertise that I don't have in business. And B, for just the sheer pleasure of connecting with people, finding out their stories, hearing about their journeys and learning from that. Um, like that is something that I really am conscious of needing to do if I want to bring this to another level. And as an introvert, how do you push yourself out there to do that? How do you? That's again, that's been a very interesting journey for me. And it part of it, I mean, I have it on my, my LinkedIn profile, noisy introvert. And I had, it's years and years since I first did the the Myers-Briggs and discovering, you know, on that they nearly ran out of space to measure me as an introvert. Um, And then understanding that that actually, introversion isn't about whether whether you like people or you don't like people. 
it's you know where you draw your energy from so you know when I'm tired or stressed it's you know I, I need time by myself just to recharge the batteries one of the values for me of something like Myers-Briggs which I know is you know it, it's come in for a fair degree of criticism in recent times um, but it was really useful for me even to understand the mind-blowing concept that for some people who are extroverts recharging their battery comes from actually going out and talking to people meeting people being in a busy place with people that blew my mind and really made me feel you know I understood then for the first time you know there's there's not a right way to do stuff there's a bit of a running joke in my family and you know amongst some people I know is you know people will say everywhere I go on LinkedIn Katie Lumsden has commented on it first <laughs> and uh, I have built Firstly, through my IMI studies, um, which moved from one professional diploma actually into a, an MBS, which I've just completed. But I have gained the most fantastic, learned, supportive network out of that. Mm -hmm. um, people that I can generally call on and go, I'm having an issue with this has anybody come across this before can anybody recommend something so that's that's been phenomenal talking about LinkedIn and the relationships that you make and then you know you get a call and will you contribute to a book tell me about that yes. like that's I mean that's the power of LinkedIn I suppose and the power of investing in a, a, a one social media platform <laughs> Oh yes, no, well spotted. That was that was yeah, that was LinkedIn. And again, another of those moments in my life where I just think, wow, you know, the the universe has the universe has turned. Um, there was a somebody that I had connected with, um, Katrin van Oudhuizen, who is a she writes on selfless leadership, and I I love her content. She had posted one day about you know sitting down to write this chapter and anybody got any advice and I had just commented I can't even remember what I said now I made a comment on her post and not long after that I had a, a message actually from um, somebody who I'd never met uh, called Kaylee O'Keefe who introduced herself as the founder and CEO of Soul Excellence Publishing She's based in Florida and she explained that Katrin, who was our mutual connection, was working on a chapter for a, a new multi-author book that she was planning to publish in the autumn of 2021. And she said, from your comment, it sounds like you enjoy writing and um, would you be interested in a, a call to see if you'd be a fit for the book? And I kind of went, mm, really, me? <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, that sounds fun, even to chat to somebody who, you know, Kaylee is very, you know, high energy and bursting with positivity. And because she lives in Florida, like she's always in, you know, it's always sunny as well. And that's, that's always lovely. So I had said, yeah, let's talk. And she explained that. The book that she was working on currently 
is going to be called the X Factor, the spiritual secrets behind successful entrepreneurs and executives. Um, I thought, okay, that's an interesting, an interesting concept. She said it's a leadership book, but it's really looking at those things that often aren't spoken about in the sphere of leadership. So, um, you know, it might be someone who has a particular faith journey that has informed their leadership or something from leadership that has brought a kind of a, a spiritual dimension into their their lives. Um, she said, I'm working with hopefully about 20 authors and from around the globe. And that's what happened. Um, we chatted and I said, well, A, I'm phenomenally interested in concepts of leadership but also um in my own way i i am a person of faith um i've been a member of a, a congregation a presbyterian congregation for a long time in dublin and again a bit like my career my faith journey is squiggly and i it's a phrase that comes to mind for me a lot it, I, it's attributed to quite a few different people but it's that thing of somebody said that the opposite of faith is not certainty. It's, or is not the opposite. Yeah. The opposite of faith isn't doubt. It's certainty. And that stands me in good stead because the kind of faith that I have is sort of questing and inquiring and sort of look, looking underneath things. And I was conscious the time that I spoke to Kaylee also of it coming up to my daughter's 10th birthday and you might think well how like how on earth does that relate to any of that but when my daughter was born she was absolutely fine but I was not it was a, a traumatic birth mm -hmm. um, I suffered dreadful postnatal depression afterwards and some degree of PTSD and it really actually brought me to an exceptionally exceptionally dark place it, it actually nearly cost me my life mm -hmm. and I had you know I think literally by the grace of God survived but the, the strange thing was at the time I was aware of kind of watching myself kind of sinking slowly to what I thought was like the, the bottom of everything where there was going to be nothing but kind of emptiness and darkness and for me when I got right down there to that place that I thought was going to be like obliteration actually whether you want to call it God or like universal interconnection or whatever you want to call it it was like being at the bottom of the ocean floor. That was a place that was actually alive with just that very foundation of human connection. And in the state I was in, all I could do was, I, I, well, I couldn't do, I could only be. And I had to rebuild completely from that point of I suppose like just having everything stripped away, every preconception, every expectation, 
and it was a place where for me I felt I truly encountered a you know a, a, a spirituality if you like um which aligned with I suppose that Christian communion thing of take eat you don't have to do anything it's a gift how did you how did you move from there how did you yes well that's it and you know I did you know I once I lifted a little I was you know it really frightened me the place that I'd been and how you know really like you know it, it nearly it nearly was the end of me um but a there was this tiny new baby in my life and you know just drawing every breath for her in a way um and knowing that you know i i had no option i had to, mm-hmm. i had to go on but really for about a year and a half it was literally and i described this in the in the book chapter it was it was not even a, an hour by hour thing. It was literally clawing through every minute and going, okay, there's another minute done. But always, I suppose, with that very kind of challenge enjoying mindset, like that's really what kept me going was that problem solving and that impetus to build but also strangely that sense of when I got way down to the bottom I actually I I didn't find nothing I found everything I found that place of absolute interconnection that underpins all of us and so it was not a glamorous or pretty journey up and out and I described it as sort of looking underneath at the the surface of the water and sort of gradually feeling I was getting closer to the top but even in that phase even in the early days after my daughter was born and I was really really unwell um I kind of had said to myself I'm setting myself aside kind of 10 years to build out of this and it was so strange then that the invitation from Kaylee O'Keefe to contribute to the book was kind of at that 10 year point. And it mm-hmm. just for me, it brought together all of those strands. It brought together the the parenting, the kind of the plummeting into the the absolute depths of postnatal depression. Um and then kind of rebuilding from a platform of interconnection and faith and tying those together into a a kind of a leadership that is not about um, putting myself front and center. It's about connecting. And I feel it. I feel it in my core. You know, that's how I refocus every day is connecting from my core into that sort of universal 
interconnectedness and letting that draw me forward and in a way it's it comes back to that uh, it's not only a christian phenomenon it's in a lot of traditions of kind of letting go of control and then leadership comes um and it's again i was interested in Catherine van Oudhuizen, who who became a, a co, you know a co-author on the the book project when I when I joined it, her work on selfless leadership is I find it fascinating because it progresses those kind of old concepts of servant leadership, um, which always used to trouble me a little bit because they seem to me in some respects to replace one hierarchy with another, a kind of inverted version. So you were kind of purposely putting yourself you know, at the bottom of a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas what she advocates, in a way, is what I had met down at the bottom of that that dreadful depressive state of, you know, we are actually all connected and it's all held in this very delicate equilibrium. And that's where the self-leadership that I have to facilitate for students, for example, comes from. Because it's about acknowledging that because I exist, I'm impacting. And, you know, everything I do in that sense is a kind of leadership. And to, to tune into that and be aware of it and bring, I suppose, bring intentionality to it, actually. And what else would you do for you? So you talk about the connectivity and that's how, is there anything else that you do for you to remain where you are and not go back to a dark place or anything like that? What would you do for you? Oh, life life has changed hugely for me. Um, and again, I, part of that I really attribute to my studies, which again, generously supported by my organisation, um, and this is not an advertorial for IMI. That's just the place that I happen to be doing my studies. But what they did for me all the way through the three diplomas that I did to build into the MBS, um, their model is they make really strong use of various reflective learning models, like kind of double loop principles. So it's not just what you learn, it's how you how you know, how you know things. It's very reflective and it's always about looking for the discomfort and the disruption. And that has built into a practice for me, um, which has made me think about my own values. And that is somewhere I go back to all the time. I mean, that's something I never thought I would do, but particularly now in a, you know, very busy role as acting head of human resources. lots of other things on the go it actually helps me to you know to delve inside and go okay this thing I'm doing now what is my why for that what what is the what is what is going to help me get through that what is it aligning to in me what is it aligning to in our organization how do I match those things up and that has become a kind of reflexive practice for me in a way so there's that there is simple fact of making sure I get enough sleep and exercise Um, and I suppose in all of those things the key words for me in my life now are intentionality and choice Hmm. and 
I used to drive people mad because I couldn't set goals or, you know, I would much prefer to kind of sneak up on something than say, right, here's my plan for the day, the week, the month, the year. Um, and I'm still growing into that. But what I found, what has totally changed my life is sort of making a choice out of everything. It can be tiny things, but being intentional about it. And that that gives me a sense of freedom of agent and agency that I, I've never really experienced before. That's very new for me. And so I'm, you know, working hard when things are really hectic or, you know, I you know, start to feel a bit stressed or tired, go, okay, something as simple as I'm actually going to take 10 minutes to have a cup of tea or, you know, it can be as small as that. Those, those small things mm-hmm. that I'm going, I made a choice for me there. So yeah. Those are, the, those are the things that are. And, and, no, and knowing that you've done that, that's the thing. It's the, it's the satisfaction that you've chose you in that moment. Yeah, no, that's that's it. Exactly. Um, And that that's very new for me. You know, that's kind of a a personal revolution. At Corporate Cam, we're all about really taking that leap to create your own happiness. To somebody listening to your journey, what would you say to them? Like if they're kind of thinking about going back to school or, you know, thinking about starting something new, what advice would you give somebody? Oh, that's so interesting. I think in a way it comes back to that for me the advice would be that to turn your life in a different direction actually doesn't have to be a huge pivot it can be something as small as being intentional about making sure you have time for a cup of tea so you know I'd say if you know yes 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 a thousand percent if there's some and again going back to that book Dark Horse if there's a micro motivation there, see where it goes, see where it goes, because you never know. That's been the story of my life. Um, just going, oh, that's interesting. Wonder what, and, and following things up. Um, so it doesn't have to necessarily be something that even is discernible to anybody else, but it's just... Not, I suppose not not being afraid to follow something that goes off in a slightly different direction. And yeah, the keys for me are those things of intentionality and choice. Um, and also I would say to everybody, um, do some kind of an exercise around determining your personal values. Like that really was a revelation for me when I did it, like honing into five words. I know Brené Brown would say you have to bring it down to three or less but you know I'm stuck at five that's okay (laughs) um but it just made sense suddenly there were these words on the page that thought that that's me yeah that's me those are my non-negotiables so I think that that's another thing I would hugely encourage people to do if it's something they haven't done already is to actually have some kind of facilitation or there are plenty of online things as well to help you there are tools to help you hone down to um, those key words that actually are things that you don't want to let go of and then follow them follow them wherever they bring you um, and also I would say there is genuinely no such thing as a stupid question either 
like I'm, I'm really I'm leaning into that in a big way in a, a you know in a, a role I recently stepped into of just saying to people look I'm gonna have to ask you questions and it's it's how I learn stuff and yeah that's kind of exhilarating I'm enjoying it is there anything else that you'd like to share Katie else I'd like to share no not nothing specific but just I just I I feel I suppose in such a a different place in my own life um having learned about myself and that that I suppose is something that I really I, I want everybody to experience that sort of um developing self understanding understanding what you what you are prepared to let go of you know the things that you absolutely want to keep and just following where they go and in the end those things are not it doesn't seem like bravery or courage or madness it's just you know when you're in it and that is drawing you somewhere it's it's the obvious thing to do and every week we have an either or leave it leave it on an either or um to your coffee Oh, tea. I wish I could drink coffee, but I, I can't. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, bubbles or a bubble bath? Oh, oh. Can I have my bath in the bubbles? A lot, <laughs> lot, 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 lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. <laughs> a, a book or a podcast? Oh, oh Linda. Um, I, I, I'm going to say book, um, but clearly there are podcasts that I love um so yeah mostly book but I'm more inclined to podcasts these days (laughs) an email or a handwritten letter oh my goodness I'm a calligrapher Linda a handwritten letter every time teaching or learning oh oh dear um I love learning actually this is a funny funny one for me um because when I'm facilitating I'm also learning so actually, I don't see those as mutually exclusive. Can I can I go there instead? You can go. You can go there. You can go there. And the winter or the summer? Oh, summer! Thank Hot, God. Warm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. And if people would like to get in touch, where can they find you? Oh well, I mean, there is the no no bounds leadership dot com website, but. Um, as I've referred to already, and as people uh, constantly remind me, I am all over LinkedIn all the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Katie Lomson, noisy introvert, will get me on on LinkedIn, and I I love to meet people. I'm carving out time for Zoom chats with people um, that I haven't necessarily met in person, and yeah, I just I just love to hear what people are up to. So, um, and particularly, I'd love to hear what. You know, if people have particular concepts around intentionality and choice, I would love to hear what those things mean for other people and how they impact in their in their working life, in their own life. Um, so if anybody wants to talk to me about those, um, I'd be very happy to learn um, what those things are bringing to their lives as well. Katie, thank you so much for taking part in the Corporate Camp podcast. I really enjoyed it. It's been an absolute pleasure, Linda. And I... Yeah, even the corporate to calm, it's such it's such food for thought. Um, it really got me thinking when you invited me around, you know, where what is calm? Where do I find calm? Um, so 
you know that in itself you know I've I've learned about myself even even through that journey so I have to thank you enormously for that thank you thank you for listening to the corporate cam podcast please subscribe leave a nice review it really does make a difference or simply come back and listen to us next time my name is Linda Monaghan inspiring you to take that leap from corporate to cam.